0: Welcome to our final episode of the MasterPod Season 2. I'm here with Lauren Olivier, my dearest co-host, and I'm curious, how are you guys feeling about this being the end of our Season 2?
1: So sad. And yet, <laughs> and yet happy at the same time.
0: Why are you happy?
1: I'm happy because uh, we're probably going to move on to bigger and better things, right? <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: true. <laughs> also posting one episode a week is very intense.
0: I also think it's very intense. Yeah, it's a little exhausting, But in mm-hmm. the summer. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yes, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> when you have to post an episode and you don't have any of yourself.
0: Yeah, i.e., <laughs> last week.
1: <laughs> yes, sorry about that.
2: I'm also all right. Pretty glad that we made it to two episodes, two seasons. I think that's pretty pretty impressive. Yeah,
0: I was thinking that too. We've been doing this for yeah over a year now, like consistently releasing every week with like a few minor hiccups. But that, that's <laughs> really impressive
1: yeah c- consistently releasing every wednesday uh since yeah. the start of this year um with one episode i think being posted on a thursday but other other than that i think that's been pretty um pretty yeah. consistent which is good
0: absolutely and i mean we've been you know we've been so dedicated to this cause so i think it's i think we deserve this break and this is my moment to say that we are going to be taking a nice relaxing break for a few months starting in september and we'll be back with some fresh new content in January of 2022. Yeah. Yay.
1: Yes. What's coming in January then? Is that is that too early I mean, in the, yeah, in the let's Zoom dive past into this?
0: What do we have going on in January? We have some new ideas. I feel like we've been teasing yeah. this in every single episode that we've been
2: doing, you know, our middle mid-season episode we were also like, we have some ideas.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Mhm and so I feel like yeah, it's good because what we've been doing has has essentially been to experiment a little bit with the the frequency at which at which we release episodes and trying to trying to engage a little bit like what how much work does it take to make an episode and what does it take to get the other person on board and uh, the whole editing part is also this um this part of an episode that you don't necessarily think about that much when you plan, but when it comes down to it, it it, it does require a couple of hours of work every every yeah. um, every other week. So it it's it's a lot of work, and so I think like the next thing uh, or the 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 third season should then also be something that will enable us to maybe dig a little deeper into the actual uh, content of the episode and allow us to get more time to, I mean, maybe post a little bit less often, but post something that's much more. In detail, and I think I would I would really love to explore some like groundbreaking mm-hmm. or new topics in uh, on the introduction, interse- intersection yeah. of sustainability and other fields. Like I'm thinking maybe like geopolitics or industrialization or digitalization, and how these two. Uh, I mean, what we what we can expect going forward from how these different trends. Uh, meet each other and how you know what what possible outcomes and I think there's as there's still no better way than to have really um, qualified guests that can that can come and talk about those but I'm hoping we can I'm hoping we can get maybe maybe more than one guest uh, per topic this time and maybe have um, have an actual debate that we can that we can moderate Mm -hmm. I hope what do you guys think about that
0: I love that I love that idea I think that'd be really interactive, really fun, and really, you know, on the nose of what's happening right here and now. And I think that that is really fun. It's always fun to talk about that stuff. So I think that would make for some really great content.
2: Totally. And what I love about our podcast um, is that every time I listen to your guys' episodes or even just listening to the people who I interview, I learn something new every single time. And I feel like in that format, we would continue that learning journey.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I think we, I mean, we, we've definitely seen like what, what the, th- the things that you can study in sustainability and uh, what it can lead to also professionally and the things that people work with and what they do. And I think, and if to me, it feels like the natural path forward is also exploring these really these bigger topics. Like, I don't know, my, the one that I don't, I mean, I, I really don't mind spoiling anything about it, but I really want to do a topic on carbon capture because I think that's super interesting. There's so many um, uh, like geopolitical and there's so many uh, like uh, scientific topics. Uh, and in industrial applications to it, and that 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 are really interesting to explore. And I think most people maybe have heard of it, but. Uh it, it It would be really interesting to dig deeper and like uncover some some knowledge and have like a debate with with people who who know about it and who uh, have opinions about it and mm-hmm. people who come from also different backgrounds. I'm thinking like uh, like a research uh, professional and maybe a person who works with the industry and then you could also uh, try to try to expose like the different stages in which because I assume academia generally else always is is reluctant to. To say, oh yeah, this this could happen, whereas they tend to be a bit more careful, saying, yeah, this, yeah, th- this could happen, but there's some serious drawbacks. Whereas someone from the industry might also, you know, highlight uh, highlight how fast things might be going in one sector and how that might apply to other sectors, and therefore it's just going to boom at some point. Or mm-hmm. uh, I think it would be really interesting to get down to that that side of sustainability and explore some some very interesting topics.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, and I think our season two, you know, we did it like Laura said, we did a good job kind of leading into this and, you know, talking to some of the experts. And I think that also piqued our interest into, okay, well, where are the gaps? You know, like, what are some common themes that we're seeing among all these guests that we can actually dive into further? And like you said, yeah, there's so many, so many trending topics out there that I think we can dive into further. So I think we, we have lots of brainstorming to do for our season three, but it's going to be really exciting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, um, before we get into our wrap up episode here, let's catch up really quick. It's been a while. So how are your summers going?
1: Very good. I got 10. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Me too. (laughs) In the summer? No
1: way. Yeah, it's unbelievable, right? But (laughs) believe it or not, when you're stuck up here in the in the northern north part of the world, you tend to get very, 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 very pale. And so I came back reflecting the I came back home reflecting the sun and I leave having absorbed a little bit and reflecting much less. Although my, my albedo (laughs) coefficient is still very high. (laughs) I will say.
2: (laughs) You know, I had the exact opposite experience because I was so, you know, not tan in Germany. And then I went to Sweden for my summer vacation and I came back and I, you know, I'm Tam now, and everybody was made fun of us when we said that we were going on summer vacation to Sweden, but we had better weather than probably most of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable, right? I found out that my uh, great-grandmother asked my mother uh, once uh, if, if there were actual polar bears in the streets of Stockholm. <laughs> as, oh, my uh, God. You know, you got to ask the question if you don't know, I guess. But um,
0: Being a Canadian, I hear that one a lot as well. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Or if we live in igloos. I mean, there are some towns where there are polar bears walking around. So it's a valid question. It is, yeah.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> it is.
0: Yeah. I, I've also tanned a little bit. I got a good farmer's tan going this summer.
1: <laughs> what is a so, farmer tan? Is it the, just the arms?
0: The, t- the t-shirt tan, yeah. Because <laughs> you've been outdoors so much, right? Yeah, doing lots of hiking. So uh, got to protect the shoulders. And then, you know, your arms kind of take a hit and your shoulders yeah. stay white. Yeah,
1: mm, with some really ma- majestic places I've seen on on your posts.
0: Yeah, yeah, we did some really nice backpacks so far. I haven't even posted them all, so there's more <laughs> to come. Oh no! <laughs> um, and do you guys have any plans for the three month break that we're taking before our season three?
2: Yes, then- I have. I have great plans. I'm moving into my very first own apartment on October 1st, and I'm like researching which color of my towels best fits to the color that i'm painting my bathroom so i'm, I'm very invested <laughs> in this apartment already
1: nice, nice. that sounds so interesting that's
2: yeah. awesome. it it is not...
1: that's awesome yeah didn't you live alone already
2: I, but i was always subleasing apartments so okay, i never okay. like i've never had my own place i was always renting with people or a sub subletting su- subleasing mm. mm-hmm. su- subleasing so apartment and this is like the first apartment where my name is on it and where I'll be living completely by myself. Um, so it's really well,
1: stable, you know, yeah. have for a long time. That's awesome. I feel
2: like, I feel like I'm going to stay there for at least like two years, you know, like that's more than I could have ever said about any apartment that I've been living in. That's adult. I know. So, um, yeah, if you want to send me any, any presents to my apartment, I need everything. I need like, <laughs> I, don't have nice.
1: I might be coming to Berlin in October. So if you have your place, yes. I'll come visit.
0: Yes, please. Awesome. And I have plans as well. If you have a rollout sofa bed or something, I will gladly take that over. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what are you going to do, uh, Rachel?
0: Um, I mean, I don't have any major plans, mostly just working and uh, just living life,
1: you know, mm-hmm. getting
0: over the, the COVID hump. Hopefully we're over all of our waves now right. and we can kind of get back to normal life
1: oh yeah that's funny because right that's what we uh i guess that's what we said like about the summer after the first outbreak and then that's what we said about the winter and then that's what we said about the the spring and i don't know i guess part of me really wants it to go back to normal but part of the skeptical me always thinks like huh are we really that close yeah maybe not but um yeah
0: it's Who such knows? an topic. I mean, we've all been vaccinated now. We're one step closer. I don't know. Mm. I just have to hold on to hope because otherwise, yeah. it's not going oh, yeah. <laughs> to.
1: Today is the day. Oh no! Yesterday is the day in France where you had to have your uh, vaccination passport, where you have to show it everywhere where you go,
2: no, no. Um, and in
1: restaurants and in uh, bars and wherever you go, indoor in a large like gathering of people, they're going to check your vaccination pass.
2: But I heard so many people are pro- protesting against that
1: oh yeah that's like a topic for another (laughs) podcast i feel but i guess i I see the point and i see the i understand why you need to kind of co like not not coerce but i guess you need to also get like as many people vaccinated as possible because uh like a more resistant strain circulating in a population that's like partially vaccinated isn't a Mm -hmm. great thing Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean there's always this question of how much do we impede on personal freedoms and um that's uh, yeah. That's the tricky part. One that I cannot mm-hmm. really answer. Yeah, but I haven't. I haven't talked about my uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. my plans.
2: What are your plans? Um, you to Berlin.
1: And it, yeah, it's really awkward because I just say I want to talk about them, but I have no- absolutely nothing to say about them. I um, <laughs> I also am just gonna work. Uh, try to the brace for the the winter and the darkness here. You know.
0: <laughs> yeah, you' are staying in Sweden.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm staying in Sweden at least for a while longer. Um, um, yeah, I will be here and, um, yeah, just, uh, doing some side projects, maybe working a little bit on the third season when I have time, that would be really nice. Cause I think I've, um, uh, tried to bring down the side projects, the amount of side projects I've had to much, a much lower number because I had way too many going on. And before the summer it felt really like I was kind of burned out. Mm. Um, so I really needed this break. But after four weeks now, I feel um, I feel kind of caught up. I have this, this last week to to get everything a little bit in order and, and then should be good.
2: Well, I'm yeah. glad that our season three is definitely still one of your side projects.
1: Yes, I'm very excited about that.
0: We made the cut. We yes. did <laughs> make the cut. <laughs> i just yeah. it
2: in there, The trip to Berlin, Olivier.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't know what it says about you when you're up reading about carbon capture on a Friday night when everyone else probably is out partying. <laughs> and you're I just mean, like, you
2: have, you have established in multiple episodes that you are a nerd. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. I don't know if it's if it works to my advantage, but yes, yes.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, sounds like we'll all have some time to do some good brainstorming for our season three. Oh yes, so that's awesome. Um, but for now, we'll start on an update on our stats from season two. So, guys, can you guess where the majority of our listeners are from? It's Sweden or Germany?
1: Oh, mm-hmm. I would also say Sweden, actually. But <laughs> I think a big part is in Canada.
0: Uh-huh, okay. And okay. the Netherlands. <laughs> Yeah, the Netherlands. No, We got our top three in there. Sweden, Germany, and Canada, obviously. Okay. That's where we are a lot. But Sweden, 26%, and Germany and Canada are tied at 15%. No. And then followed by the US, 9%. And then the Netherlands, 6%. Is and the then, 9% away.
1: of US listens all K- Kelsey in New York?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it might be. <laughs>
1: I wonder if we can check the city.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't actually know. Can you check the city?
1: Uh I don't know. I don't think so. You most probably can't. I know on Spotify you can check which is, uh, your people listen to you too. But
0: yeah. <laughs> okay, well then it's followed by Norway and France and the UK. France oh. is so
2: few Olivier. Do your parents not listen to our episodes?
1: Uh my mom does. I saw when I was home I saw that master the master pause was in her like favorite Spotify, which made me glad. That's, That's so cute.
0: Also, <laughs> I,
2: I've been following, you know, so Olivier's mom posts these pictures of this Ken doll on, on Instagram. Um, oh, yes. You know, where he travels. And it seems like he's been traveling quite a lot. Yes. <laughs>
1: My mom has an old action man doll from when when I was a kid. Mm. And she uses it to, I don't know, I guess to document some random guy traveling around the world.
0: <laughs> it's hilarious. weird stuff. I love it. I love it. It's like, have you guys seen that? Um, there was like a traveling gnome. Like there was a couple that had like a traveling gnome, and they like went viral. No. Oh, okay. Well, it's it's the same concept. <laughs> it was a big thing. This is was, like, that one of those things stuff. you place in your garden? Yeah, yeah. It was like a little garden gnome.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much what Olivier's mom is doing. Yeah. It's
1: though it's not a garden gnome. In her defense, it's For a him. it's very it's very ripped. All
0: right. Well, do you guys know what the most popular streaming platform is?
1: Oof, I know. I also know. It it has to be Spotify. But I would say probably Apple Podcasts is not that far behind.
0: Actually, so Spotify is 51% and then Apple Podcasts is 28%.
1: Oh, really? What's the other ones?
0: Yeah. And then there is one that I never heard of. Podcast Addict is the third one
1: podcast addict this merits a a google search cozy search
0: never heard of it before
1: okay so it's an android app ah interesting okay Mm -hmm.
0: yeah and then how about gender distribution Um, i mean i know that we
2: interviewed many more women and i think we also have more women who listen to the episodes
1: I know from previous seasons or previous season that we had, uh, more female listeners, but who knows that might've changed, but I would guess something like, uh, maybe 60, 40 or something yeah, like y- that.
0: You guys are pretty much on the nose. 57% female, 41% male. Okay. Not specified. How many? Two.
1: Two percent. fine. Okay.
0: And then age and guesses.
2: I mean, my dad listens to them and he's older, so we definitely have someone in that bracket. But otherwise, I think a lot of people who are our age group.
0: Yes, that is correct. The majority, same as last time, 23 to 27-year-olds make up 64%, Hmm. followed by 28 to 34-year-olds, 14%. So uh, we're reaching our target demographic, that's for sure.
1: Good. I didn't know we had set a target demographic. I, oh, mean, I, thought, I, I guess, thought
0: it was like young professionals.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, I was I guess I was also thinking about people who are maybe looking to make a career change. So I I wonder how mm-hmm. well the maybe like thirty five to fifty five age like group is represented in this.
0: I think they were I about I you know. write it down. I think they were about seven <clears> percent. <throat> okay. Mm -hmm. Well, that's
1: interesting. So in a way we are, and in another way, we're like missing one, uh, what's it called, like audience segment that that could be relevant. Mm -hmm. But yeah, interesting stats. It's
0: pretty interesting. So it's pretty similar to last time. Not many changes, but we do, we have definitely gained some loyal listeners and, you know, we've grown a little bit and we've had some really good conversations. So Mm -hmm. all in all, it was a good season too.
1: Yeah. I was yeah. really happy with it. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of it was so interesting to talk to everyone. And I feel mm-hmm. like I don't know, the episode that's airing tomorrow with Marcus, for example, that also is just one of these like so many people had like topics that weren't that that where we should do a much deeper dive into what they actually do because it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Where like Marcus has been photographed or like documenting how uh forestry in, in northern like some forestry in northern Sweden is 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 labeled as sustainable, but it's really problematic.
0: Hmm. Um, it's almost like investigative photojournalism.
1: Yeah, it's it's exactly that I would say, and uh, it brings to light some of the practices. And that uh, you know you, you you can you can manage forests in many different ways, but if you don't care about any biodiversity, then it's it's not really a forest, right? It's just yeah. it's just a pile of trees.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, the whole ecosystem that you have to maintain—not just a single tree here, single tree there, single tree there—you know, planted in yeah. a row.
1: It would be so interesting to do like an episode on the the the, the, the biodiversity crisis and what it actually means, and uh, get some like people who really know what they're talking about, and um, get them to mm-hmm. talk to each other. It would like, yeah, how, how how can you deal with it if you're if you're business also? Because I I understand that if you're running your company, you you don't necessarily know. Well, you know, if if you're not directly using any land and you're using like services from other companies that use land then i think that's um it's a tricky situation to be in and it's a, the chain of command and the chain of responsibility are they get they get um dark very quickly so you don't you don't know who's doing what
0: mm-hmm. yeah for um, sure it kind of gets lost lost in the abyss there yeah yeah well, uh, my next question was, "What's the most surprising or valuable thing that you took from an episode of season two? And was that yours, Olivier? I
1: I would say so. I mean, it was. Uh, uh, uh maybe you can get back to me. It was definitely one of one of the most uh, fascinating things that I that I talked about.
0: Mm-hmm. Laura, what was the most surprising or valuable thing that you took from an episode? Hmm. I'm thinking because
2: there's, there's so many like the, the episodes that immediately came to my mind was the degrowth episode where we had, um, an interesting conversation on LinkedIn afterwards. Then the episode, I think it was more you, the stone paper,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right. After which I bought uh, their product and I love it. So, um, this is not paid advertisement. And then I think one, and that, that was one of my episodes, um, where I interviewed someone who researched the connection between gender and mobility. And she kind of made me realize that that's a topic that I'm personally just very, very interested in and that I would like to um, dive into myself professionally a little further. So I feel like there were just so many episodes where I took
0: something from that I didn't really expect.
1: <laughs> that's what about awesome. you, uh, Rachel?
0: Yeah, mine was, I mean, same thing with Laura. The first thing that popped in my head was, um, Actually, in my most recent episode with Greg Hill, who is an ambassador for Protect Our Winters Canada, he said it only takes about 4% of people to actively participate in a cause to create social change and political action. Mm. And I thought that was so, so, like, that really surprised me because I always figured, you know, we need, like, half the population to be on board with a cause before we could actually create change. But we only need 4%. That's so little, you know?
1: 4% in in, in what way, like, you need... To, like to get petitions going through? Or? Yeah.
0: So, for example, um, I think it's 4% of like a, an electoral base. For example, if you're trying to cause or create mm. political change,
1: yeah.
0: then if you have 4% of people who are like, oh, we need to do more about climate change, for example, in Canada.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And uh, you reach 4% of the population, you get them all really engaged, maybe engaging in some nonviolent protests, that kind of thing. Um, like climate marches, that kind of thing. then it can actually elicit change with only four percent of the people. like the the politicians will actually take notice.
1: So oh yeah. Mm-hmm. people people underestimate how much politicians are mm-hmm. listening in, in mm-hmm. discreet ways and taking note of whatever they need they need to to take into account to say relevant. and that's not very surprising. So that's a very mm-hmm. good point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But for mm-hmm. that, you need. You need people to be uh, aware and have For the sure. right kind of information, which is hopefully exactly what we're doing. Also, doing our part here,
2: mm-hmm. getting
1: getting through with some of the information and some of the people that are trustworthy and and then you can rely on. Totally,
0: yeah, yeah. How about you, Olivier? We're going back to you now, circling back.
1: Mm. Um, I thought I thought uh, the interview with. Um, Oh, what was his name? Uh, Tim. You interviewed Laurel Hagen, the
2: Green Party politician.
1: Yes, that was also fascinating. There's, I guess, it was the first time we had a politician on the show. Also, an actual yeah, politician.
0: True. Yeah. yeah, true. Uh,
1: I think that would be also like really interesting. The the way, I mean, just uh, I think his his perspectives on how how you can further climate causes in in, in parliamentary sessions. That's that's also uh very interesting and yeah. the resistance that you face and the skepticism and uh it's it's not easy and it, it, even if your case doesn't always make sense in the eyes of everyone it's it's um, it's very good to see pe- people pushing through and knowing
0: yeah.
1: i think what what was it the ipcc report that dropped yesterday yeah with the prelude, eh, doesn't look doesn't look great
0: <laughs> no no <laughs> you look uh,
1: mildly fucked guys yeah. <laughs>
0: majorly fucked
2: well, <laughs> we that that. Cool. <laughs> yes because i think he's also a very inspiring person you know it's really nice to see these people who have been fighting for the cause since they were so young like mm-hmm. before being part of the green party was popular or before caring about the environment was sexy you know mm-hmm.
0: absolutely that's that's impressive and i think that's so valuable in a political leader so it's honestly so great that he's in politics and creating change that he really believes in, that he cares about actually going through and, you know, not just saying it on his platform to get voted in and then dropping it. Yeah.
1: Definitely. Kudos to Tim.
0: Yeah. We, we have had some really great guests this season guys. And, um, well, we do tend to grill them pretty hard with some of our questions. And I figured, you know, now it's time for some karma, so I'm going to ask you guys some of our questions. Um, Kelsey's already answered this one in the past, oh. but Lauren Olivier, what would you do to solve the climate crisis?
1: Do you want do you want to take this one, Laura?
0: Or? <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> um, I okay,
2: I think that I would place less focus on the individuals and really install some hard Hitting laws and regulations. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Taking away the car. No, I'm just kidding. But I mean, there are so many interesting ways of how to, you know, like so many proposals. I, I read about this proposal the other day that each person should only be allowed 10 car trips um, a year, for example. That would amount, you know, a family of four to 40 car trips um, or like a certain number of kilometers. Hmm. but th-
1: that seems to me like a very individual focused um
2: yeah i'm just thinking about that now that i say it but it's you know everybody would have to do it not mm. just one person but i'm definitely more for placing more responsibility on the big companies
1: mm-hmm. yeah I, f- I mean i guess we li- we live in a, in a in a geopolitical moment in history right now in which you know there's like a uh an existing superpower uh and a, a rising one and 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 then like, I don't know, I speak as a, as a Sweden, as a European here in the middle, there is, there's this this, this continent called the EU that's neither a, like a geopolitical force either militarily, but maybe commercially. Yes. And I think, and I think in my perspective to solve the climate crisis, obviously you need, you need, you need to cut greenhouse gas emissions as quickly as possible, uh, while also, you know, as efficiently as possible paying attention to, uh, The biodiversity crisis, which is looming in the background, which uh, might have like consequences that we that we can't really think of, including sanitary crisis that um, just like the one that we're currently on our way out of, which um, might be in, in comparison to what could be coming like a more a mild one, so to say.
0: Uh-huh. Um, but I think,
1: like, for me, the EU needs to, needs to step up and become, like, I think it's in, in ways it's already doing that, but it needs to become the, 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 the climate leader. And, and, and instead of, like, inciting, uh, and, and, like conflicts between the US or, uh, and China to really, like, highlight the, the, the issue that the common, the common issue that humanity is facing and really, like, weave this narrative into, uh, into people that it's not, it's not ourselves that we should be fighting. It's not like our political systems about which one is best and which one is an evil demon of Satan. Uh, it's, it's really like this threat that we are all facing and, and that we're all facing and that's uh, threatening to, you know, destroy the habitats of maybe half of the world's population, which could cause major instability. And I guess this is, this is what our, uh Geopolitical strategy should be like. I think the climate crisis to me is a is a geopolitical one because yeah. it, it needs to come from above, and it's not something that you can you can you can expect individuals to do a part. And you should you should also make sure that everyone on this planet has the tools to understand why uh, a change might be uh, pressing. But mm-hmm. that's going to require certain people to also have to give up i'm thinking especially of certain elites and maybe the millionaire and billionaire billionaire classes to be uh they're gonna have to be they're also gonna have to show that they're they're doing they're doing their part and it's it's not okay and i understand that people don't want to change if 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 people still keep flying to davos with their private jets that's that's not okay
2: or into Mm -hmm. space yeah Yeah.
1: i mean yeah, I guess let's not make space a commercial enterprise just yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I like research, yes, but having people like go to go to go to space, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that, that would be a, that would be an interesting topic.
0: Yeah. It, it would be interesting. You know what? We could also do a, I think we should do an episode on that too because I have a lot of opinions on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just um, the
2: wrong way. You know, even during a pandemic, I don't even I don't understand.
0: Totally. Yeah, uh, yeah. There are many things uh, that are we not okay with that flight. I don't think. But anyways, that's also. Did you guys see that NASA? I'm just diving into a little bit. NASA changed their definition of um, of uh, astronaut, so it doesn't oh, encompass really? them. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> oh really? What what yeah. is it now? What is
0: it now? I think they. Okay, I have to. I have to Google it.
1: I guess I didn't even know what an astronaut was technically. Is now, it a one person the
0: that I mean that's in- when, what they thought as well?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't call Jeff Bezos an astronaut. No,
0: no. Oh, here, okay. So, FAA, let me, I don't know what FAA stands for. Oh, here, Federal Aviation Administration. Yes, Federal Aviation Administration. No? Yes. M- Administration. There are Definition of astronaut officially changed on the day of the Bezos flight. Mm-hmm. According to the FAA, there is a new regulation to define when an astronaut is specifying that a crew has to fly into space and actually do something to contribute to the flight itself. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. yeah, they don't they don't qualify.
1: Oh, sorry, millionaires. Uh, yeah. I guess you yeah. won't be astronauts now. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: I'm put it on his LinkedIn profile. Damn it.
1: Uh, oh yeah true if you can't if you can't put it on your linkedin profile your strava then what's the point,
2: what's exactly. the point? Yeah. It
1: <laughs> did, you, did you ever see that um john oliver um a uh, report on the um, on mount everest and how like people go climbing it without having like any knowledge of mountaineering and some of them some you know, of them die because it's way too hard and they don't get how like how yeah. complicated it is yeah. and the kind of work and 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 uh, yeah it's yeah. some things are are weird yeah.
2: yeah and that's also you know people who claim to love nature and then they destroy nature mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: yeah
2: or yeah. people and they just want to do something so they can cross it up their bucket list Just mm-hmm. is bad
1: yeah, yeah. No, but, but to get back at it, I, th- I think it's a geopolitical issue, and I think it's uh, it's it's very difficult to 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 care about uh, maybe like what it, if you want to call it conservation or protection or climate climate policy in a world in which different countries see each other as threats because if we are in a hostile environment, then then it's not going to benefit cooperation, and I think. Or I suspect that for the climate, cooperation might be the biggest, you know, the biggest asset that we have.
2: Yeah.
1: And if we jeopardize jeopardize that by some silly conflicts over who can sail in what waters,
2: mm-hmm. and who should
1: have access to what maritime, yeah. I mean, I get it; Th- those are those are important issues as well. But they should not be determining how people will live on this planet in thirty no. years.
0: No. no. Very short-term mentality also. And it jeopardizes not only people, but, you know, animals, ecosystems everywhere. And I just, I can't get over that part. It's Mm -hmm. how, like, self-centered we are thinking about, oh, humans only, when there's so much more that we are affecting at the same time.
1: Yeah, Yeah, affecting and needing also.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We depend on on ecosystems to be functioning, and we destroy them at the same time, and we don't, I don't know, we, we put that on the back burner often.
2: Yeah, and I mean, there were so many articles that said that everything that's happening right now is not directly related to, to the climate crisis, but it's definitely, you know, a part of the climate crisis, but it kind of just breaks my heart seeing the floods in Germany and now the fires in Greece. Like, I feel like every day you open a newspaper and you see another, another
0: problem arising.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a changing time right now. And we're, mm-hmm. we're in the midst of it. You have to answer the question as well. Okay. Ooh. Well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have forgotten, so
0: <laughs> good on you, Laura. You brought me in there, Laura. No, I think um, holding me accountable. Uh, I think you guys kind of covered it, but generally my dream is to live in a world where companies just do good by default. The term conscious consumer doesn't exist. You know, it's just built in the into the way that we do things. Um, companies are uh, like you know, always thinking about the bigger picture. Governments also always thinking about the bigger picture. Generally, I think that right now policy needs to move faster. We see that there's an imminent threat, especially with this new IPCC report that just came out. Like, it's an issue. Humans have caused climate change. We need to fix it. Let's let's do it now. Let's work on it together. And okay. every
1: single one of these reports says the same goddamn yeah. thing, you know, like uh-huh. we act as as if we're like, oh, the, it came out and it says bad things. We're like, we know this. We, it's been saying yeah. that since the yeah. first report and yeah. it's only gotten worse and it's not going to get better.
2: No. Um, and then like, what I mean. Sorry. Oh I know I was just going to say, like, I listened to the Greta Thunberg interview this morning and she's like, I mean, we know all this, but there are no. No sentences on how we should react to this information. Like, what happens next? Hmm.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. you know, 5, 5G, I guess.
2: <laughs> 5G, yeah.
1: <laughs> Fa- faster videos.
2: Oh, great. <laughs> About the catastrophes around us. But at least you're
1: going to be able to watch it in HD 4K. Just enjoy it.
2: Just
1: enjoy it.
0: (laughs) 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 But actually, I do think that tech can help us. I think we can use AI to help us speed things along, become more efficient along all of our supply chains. We can reduce our energy and resource use. Like, There are ways that tech can definitely help us. And we need to harness those in a good way and not let them also spin out of control like they are right now.
1: Yeah, I guess that the narrative for like tech being able to help us is is one of kind of yeah I mean there are the alternatives uh, there are many of course but either going back to some like living Stone Age like and that's probably unthinkable for most people myself included mm-hmm. um, or like acknowledge that we're like way too deep into our own shit and that maybe maybe we, we we have like enough we have developed some tools that can help us although many of the uses of AI are Pathetic, if Um, I can call them that. But yeah, I I think that they're definitely AI applied to some um, energy systems or waste systems or um, resource distribution or even manufacturing processes that could be really, really smart.
2: Absolutely. I always have have to think about the one quote from one of our professors during uni when he said that technology is great and we should definitely invest in that, but that should be like a like an add-on, you know, because what happens, if we only focus on technology is going to solve everything and then it doesn't
0: happen that way. Mm, we're that's without. true. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. good to keep that in mind for sure. Like everything needs to work together towards a common goal. And I yeah. think if we, we can still harness all the assets that we have available to us, but we need to be conscious of the fact that that alone is not going to solve us. Yeah, technology alone is not going to solve yeah. this whole crisis.
1: No, we need Jeff Bezos.
0: We need him to fly to we, space.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh Didn't say whether he should come back or not.
0: <laughs> yeah. and just stay there. Okay, guys.
1: Yeah. Well, Enough billionaire of, bashing. Come on. <laughs> yeah.
0: Speaking of we're Jeff Bezos, <laughs> sorry. We're just jealous.
1: Yeah, we're just jealous. Exactly.
0: That's true. Well, speaking of uh, celebrity figure, um, who dead or alive would you guys most like to have dinner with? Don't say Jeff Bezos no, Olivia. <laughs> <Or> <laughs> am, I,
1: am I that predictable? No. Oh. oh, I wasn't expecting this question. Now I know how people feel when I ask them this and they haven't prepared for the interview.
2: I mean, he said last time that saying Jesus is always good.
1: No. <laughs> Wow, that's a hard one. I'm gonna need to think for a second because this. I take this as a very like serious question, and ideally, I would like to have dinner with a, like a table of like five people, mm-hmm. um, and they would could- also have to like agree to kind of like tell the truth. Mm. Like I don't
2: want. I Oh, that's nice.
1: Like I would love to discuss, like I don't know, like Russian politics with with Putin and his like take on it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If it was an honest conversation, you know. Or like well, the, okay. the, the visionary future of Europe with Angela Merkel. Or-
2: yeah, damn. I was going to pick her because she's going to stop being Germany's chancellor. And I kind of want to, you know, now she can spill all the beans.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, let's assume that there's a, a vow that you guys take at the beginning of this meal. And everyone has to be truthful.
1: Who A clause of truthfulness. Yes. I like it.
0: But I mean, then Trump would be
2: very interesting as well.
0: Mm. that used to be my answer and then i would like poison him that was my answer, <laughs> <Okay. Brutal. laughs> that's my answer in here. talking about russian politics no um that's not my answer anymore what is your answer rachel you seem like you have one well okay it's going back to the the crazy billionaires um i think bill gates would be interesting to talk to
1: yeah
0: I know he's had some, he's gotten some flack lately, but he has his finger on the pulse of so many different issues. Like he is at the forefront of like emerging technology, like healthcare, climate, social justice. Like, and I find he's also quite good at explaining things. So I don't think it would be the kind of conversation where, you know, everything just goes over my head. Like, I think that I would actually take something from it. And I don't know. I mean, my, my answer changes all the time to this question. So right now that's, that's my answer. Mm. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, it would be interesting to have, like, uh, a small discussion with, like, Bill Gates and maybe get someone like Naomi Klein, you know, to also – I feel like she would be – she would be one to, uh, like, really provoke the debate and – because, I mean – bill gates will probably tell you about the things he wants to tell you also and the things that Mm -hmm. benefit him and i feel like getting someone there like like her who like naomi klein who can really extract the 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 issue at hand that would be that would be very interesting i would also i would also love to like have dinner with um what's his name i just read a book by him this summer max stiegmark who is uh i think cosmologist but also like ai researcher um, mm. and that's very interesting. I really? wrote a book about like what, what, what's the role of humans and what like different AI scenarios are there in a world where AI is, 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 is omnipresent, so to say.
0: Hmm. Yeah. That would be interesting. It'd be so, yeah, I would love to learn more about AI from someone who knows what they're talking about and can explain it in an easy enough way. I think that'd be so interesting.
1: Hmm. Yeah, yeah. then I recommend the book. Hmm. All right. Forty five minutes to the counter.
0: Yeah. Okay. Wait, did everyone answer that one?
1: Yeah, I think so, yeah. right? Or Sorry, did you do um,
0: I think I'm I'm
2: just I'm gonna go with the Angela Merkel one. Yeah.
0: I mean that would be really yeah, it would be so interesting to talk to her. You know. She
1: has a she has seen a lot of presidents lot. and prime ministers come and go.
0: Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: She knows she knows everything. She knows it all. <laughs> Probably.
0: Okay. Well, um, you know what, those are all the questions that I have for to grill you with guys. Um, but a couple of final fun questions before we leave and, you know, our last little recording before the next season. So it's kind of sad, mm-hmm. um, but I'm going to end us on a good note. So if COVID didn't exist and you had the funds and the time and the, you know, hydrogen plane, what is one place that you would go if you could go anywhere? Iceland with you guys. Yeah.
1: Oh. Yes, Iceland is nice. They have wild horses and 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 what are they called? Reindeers. And the hot
2: thingies. Imported oh, the hot
1: reindeers. Oh, and the hot springs. <laughs> yes, and the yeah. and the and the Northern Lights. Yes. Oh
2: yeah, I want to see Northern Lights.
1: I think I would like to go to Indonesia and do mm. like I think I feel like I'm I I love canyoneering and mm-hmm. I feel like they have some badass canyons in indonesia that are probably like way bigger (laughs) than what we have here and um yeah i would like to see that i also i've I've never been in a like a tropical area and i would really like to just i don't know feel what that feels like maybe Mm -hmm. before uh, tropical areas in the world become uninhabitable because they're too hot and too wet too long Mm -hmm. during the year (laughs) yeah yeah
0: (laughs) I think I would, well, after Iceland, of course, on our, our little group <laughs> trip, I would love to go to South Africa. I think I've never actually been to the African continent and I think it would be very cool to, I know it's a very westernized version of the African continent, but it would be cool to go to West, to South Africa and explore around there. And I, it just looks so beautiful and the culture just seems so interesting and I just want to learn all about it and yeah, travel around there a little bit. I think that'd be really fun. Yeah. And next question, are there... Okay, last question, actually. Are there any fun non-educational podcasts, shows, movies that you've been consuming lately, like Guilty Pleasures for the summer, anything like that? I actually have one.
1: Yeah. If you didn't to
2: go first, I heard you make a noise.
1: Oh, uh, no. Go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Okay. I have the best Guilty Pleasure show. I watched it twice. Um, it's mm-hmm. actually Swedish and it's called Young Royals. It's on Netflix. And it is a fictionalized story about the Swedish crown prince who goes to a um, internat, a boarding school. And there he falls in love with an external guy. And uh, yeah, it's, it's very intense. And it's very well made. And I can
0: really recommend watching it.
2: Hmm.
0: Nice. That sounds super interesting young royals okay i'm gonna add that to my list
2: in general all the swedish shows have been really good like i was also such a big fan of love and anarchy so
1: so <laughs> i haven't seen that <laughs> i will watch it someday yeah but did you uh did you say podcast Rachel, or did i miss here yeah
0: yeah if there's a podcast that you just any kind of guilty pleasure it could also be a book or,
1: mm. or yeah. non-educational yeah, I I have I really have this problem. I read my first novel uh, this summer, also mm-hmm. on the top of that. First one ever? <laughs> well, not my first one ever, but <laughs> my first one in a while because I'm for some reason unable to read anything else and nonfiction.
2: That's crazy. Um, it's the exact opposite problem. I think <laughs> this is probably more better.
1: But but unfortunately, it was a novel about a like a World War Three scenario. So oh. in a way, it was educational. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, I, I have, it's, it's, it's a French speaking podcast, um, but it's this, um, uh, Oh, what's his, what's his name when I have a book? Um, Jean-Claude Amazon. he, uh, he, 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 he wrote a book and, and on the radio, he reads it out loud. Um, and it's, um, it's a very like... It's a historically accurate book about how like different people have contributed to scientific research, oh. but it's, it's very like storicized. So he really, I think he really dove deep into like who these people were and did like a lot of anthropological research into how, you know, like who they were, how they did, how one lived back then and tries to like, um, narrate, what it could have like what it felt like and what it could have be like to for example like sail around the world in the 1500s and oh. stuff like that so again slightly educational but also very it is a
0: guilty pleasure,
1: yeah. a guilty pleasure. <laughs> well okay so m- maybe my dad wrote a Porto. that was the most oh, that was gonna
0: be mine oh
1: shit I, <laughs> oh, oh sorry
0: no that's okay that's a good one
1: you made me you made me discover it so yeah. All, the, all the credit goes to you.
0: <laughs> that is that is a great show. That is definitely my guilty pleasure for the summer. I've kind of had the chance to dive back into it. And it is hilarious. It's, this, it's three people from the UK. And one of them, when he, I think for his birthday one year, this was like six years ago or something, his dad came up to him and said, Hey, Jamie, I wrote this porno and I want you to have it. And the whole, um, it's, it's, it's hilarious. The whole podcast is just them reading the porno and it's just like the most hilarious, the most hilarious podcast you'll ever hear. It's just so good.
2: Isn't one of the main characters named Belinda? Yeah.
1: Belinda. Belinda (laughs) blinks.
2: Belinda blinks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I remember we listened to that on the way to Gotland for a bit, right? Yes. Yeah,
0: we did. Right. Oh, good times. Yes, so I've rediscovered it this summer and that's my guilty
1: pleasure. It's very I'm, it's very awkward.
0: It's very awkward, yes. Yeah. But like hilariously but it's nice. awkward. Okay, well, I think that about wraps it up. So uh, it's been so fun doing seasons one and two with you guys. And yes. I'm very, yes. very happy we've been able to do this together and we're going to keep it up for season three.
1: Yes, very excited about this. Me yeah. too.
2: Also excited to have more of these conversations with you. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I think that's going to be fun. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, good job on all the interviews and the editing guys. It was yeah. really good. And yes, thanks for
2: everyone who came on the podcast.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. thanks. Thanks to all the guests. That was um they helped us build small media network. That's really interesting and that uh, people are people are definitely listening to and 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 enjoying evidently.
0: Absolutely. Um, and I mean none of it would have been possible without them. We really Really loved our guest this season. It was really great. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And probably also a shout out to Kelsey, who has been a tremendous help. Yes. Yes. A lovely Kelsey. Yeah. Who's living it up in New York right now. Um, big shout out to Kelsey for sure.
1: Yeah. Who has saved my ass on numerous occasions. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Kelsey. <laughs> we right, appreciate well, the work that you do.
0: <laughs> yeah the best. Well thanks for joining me today guys. I already can't wait for our next call and our next episode in the new year.
1: Yes, me neither.
0: Yeah, me too. Goodbye.
1: Bye. Bye.